Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade. I have to beg your forgiveness once again. I, for, I missed the recording yesterday, and that one was 100% just circumstantial. I didn't get a chance to make a recording because I had to spend a little time putting out some fires around uh, all over the place. Uh, there may be... So I, w- I wanted to point something out uh, just to make everyone aware who's listening. If you follow me on the Telegram channel, you probably know that I follow a couple of uh, different uh, pages that and channels that have some controversial content. And the reason for that is because they've been generous in trying to push my content. And uh, it's quid pro quo and, uh, in, in a lot of ways. And in other ways, I... It allows me to reach their audience and bring everybody to the rosary. Uh, so I have a very broad sort of channel base that I look at and that I follow and share, and share stuff from because a lot of it is very good, solid stuff. Well, unfortunately, the uh, powers that be have noticed some of these other uh, channels, and because they belong to what is being deemed a network of some sort, even though it's completely informal and it's just people following other people, it has led to a lot of the channels being shut down. So I'm a little bit concerned because despite the fact that all I do is say the rosary and try to spread the rosary to other people, uh, the fact that I have shared some of these pages and some of these channels uh, may lead ultimately to a crackdown on my channel even though there's nothing on it that's even really remotely offensive to normal sensibilities. We we live in a time now where normal sensibilities themselves are deemed offensive. And simply being a Christian is enough to draw the ire. They've suppressed all of the people uh, further out than us as far as the fringe is concerned. So traditional Catholics are, and Orthodox and, uh, and Protestants too, inevitably going to be the next targets. So, if the Telegram channel goes away, uh, it goes away. Uh, I have all of my material uh, backed up uh, in, in a couple of places. Any, anything, any former uh, episode of, uh, of, the, uh, of the Daily Decade is saved. And if it's not, then it's lost to the ether. And I'll, I'll say whatever I said before. I'll get a chance to say it again at some point, and it'll reach somebody. A lot of these things are ethereal. You don't want to get too too attached to them. Uh, a lot of the other content on the channel I haven't got backed up, and if it goes away, it goes away. So, uh, but just so you know, so the hammer may come down at some point, and that may be the end of the Daily Decade channel on Telegram. Uh, if it is, then I'll find a way to migrate and continue to get the message out there. We'll continue to be syndicated on Exodus Americanus, I'm sure. And the website will, that what that'll do is speed up the process of me getting the website put together and get that up and running. Uh, and we'll have a couple of different contributors on there as well. So, inevitably, the Daily Decade will not go away until it is made such that I myself cannot make recordings. One way or another, I'll find a way to get recordings out to people who want to hear them. Uh, I may set up an email list uh, and, and do the old-fashioned, uh, that, that sort of thing, where I just send out a, a recording and an email list of some sort. Uh, 
uh, so maybe we'll put together an email list. If if we do, if you're interested in that, you can go ahead and send an email to daily decade requests at protonmail.com. Decade is D-E-C-A-D-E requests in the plural at protonmail.com, and we can start putting something like that together. I know a lot of people are uncomfortable with lists and all of that. If you're uncomfortable with lists, you're worried about anonymity. My suggestion would be to use Proton Mail or Tutanota, uh, both of which are fairly privacy concerned, uh, to set up an account. And Proton actually has a VPN as well, so it would get the VPN first to set up the account. Then you don't have a record for what IP address sets up the account. If you're very much concerned with privacy, that's what I would do. And then we can put together some kind of email list uh, where we can circulate what it is that we're doing here. That would be my suggestion. But we'll explore multiple options. I don't yet have a Gab account. I may start one there. Uh, it looks like, based on what he says, Andrew Torba looks like he's uh, on the up and up, uh, or at least making an effort to be on the up and up with the Lord. Uh, I know the na- I have looked at the neighborhood. I don't know it, but I've looked at the neighborhood where he grew up, and it looks like there's quite a lot of old Catholic churches in the area, so who knows? He might be Catholic. I don't know. But whatever the case may be, uh, it is at least, uh, and if you're wondering how I looked at it, it's on Google Maps. Anybody can look it up and you can see all the Catholic churches in the area. Uh, I think he's from up, I think he's from the same place as Joe Biden, actually. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, he's, so you can look it up up there, at the Scranton area. Around, he's, he's from around there. But uh, there's a lot of Catholic churches up there. Orthodox churches, too. So hopefully, maybe Gab will be a good place for Christians to go to as it becomes kind of a Christian site. It'll flush out a lot of the atheist elements who, or the, the, raciolo- the raciolaters uh, that are out there. Now, not to say that tribe and ethnicity and race are not important, don't get me wrong, but there are a lot of people that make them a religion in and of themselves. And none of those people are getting into heaven. I hate to say it. Maybe some of those people are in my audience here. If you want to get to heaven, the way is through Christ. Nothing else. That's the mistake that the Jews made. They misunderstood. They, they, they put the cart before the horse, and then they couldn't figure out why the cart wasn't pulling the horse. Anyway, you need both. You need, I mean, the horse will get you there. But if, if you want to get there with, with everything that you have, then you need the cart and the horse, and you need to put the horse in front of the cart. And the horse is Jesus, just so you know. At any rate, I know that's a little bit of a long-winded introduction, but I wanted to let everybody know that that might be on the horizon. It's sort of a public service announcement. What I'd like to pray for is I'd like to pray for all the Christians that are suffering persecution right now. I know that's a little bit more general and perhaps even a little bit uh, outside of the scope of what we usually pray for, which is personal needs and the people that listen to us here. But I just got, I saw news that uh, a group of Ethiopic Christians were all shot at church in, well, in Ethiopia. Uh, And it, it looks like the atheistic government there might be responsible for that. Now, all of these reports are unconfirmed because, of course, they live in the third world and uh, they still get their news by word of mouth down there. But 
it looks like about 750 people are dead uh, of men, women, and children. Uh, they were involved. They were at a uh, um, at a church service when it happened. And yes, they're monophysites, and they believe in a couple of different heresies. But uh, that 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 actually makes their deaths more lamentable because they don't have any guarantee of salvation. So I, I want to pray very, very much for their souls, and also the other people that are being persecuted. I see they're knocking down crosses in Spain. There was a priest who was just recently martyred there by by a bomb that went off, and uh, it, I think there was an, an orphanage and a church and a couple of other Catholic buildings there. Uh, there's th- people are getting s- their skulls smashed in in places like Poland. Uh, so I, there's a lot of stuff going on around the world, and that's not even to mention the early rumblings of Christian persecution that are starting here in the United States. I saw on Catholic Arena. I don't know whether you follow them, but if you if you don't, I, they have a channel on Telegram. Uh, I saw an article talking about the uh, Patriotic Church of China, which is the uh, basically the Chinese con- it's like the living church of the Soviet Union when they tried to set up a pro-Soviet Orthodox church there they, well, the Chinese have done that with the Catholic Church and someone pointed out that you know there's a lot of self-described Catholics in power in the United States right now and uh, the idea of a patriotic uh, you know progressive American Catholic Church is not beyond the realm of possibility so the persecution might just be coming there too but these other people are experiencing a much more immediate and more violent form of persecution and I want desperately to pray for them and for their salvation et nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti Amen Pater Noster quiescenceris sanctificeter nomen tuum adveniat regnum tuum fiat voluntas tua sicut in cielo et in terra Panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimidi nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimidimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, nominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, nominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. 
Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto, sicurerat principio et nunc et semper et secula seculor. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, Vita dulcedo et spes nostre, salve. Ad te clamamus, exulis filia hevi, ad te suspiramus, gementes et flentes in hoc lacrimano, vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, illus tuus misericordes oculos ad nos converte. Et iesum... Beatum fructum ventris tui, Nobis postoc exilium ostende, o clemens, o pia, o dulce Virgo Maria. Ora pro nobis, sancta Dei genetrix, ut dignis officiamur promissionibus Christi. Oremus. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Most sacred heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come. In nomine Patris, Ephidius, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. I suppose I probably should have done that last part in Latin, Sacratissimum Coriezu. But, uh, at any rate, I had uh, a couple of things on my mind in terms of what to talk about today. Um, I listened to an excellent sermon that was uh, recorded 
of, uh, it was someone reading a sermon by uh, St. John Marie Vianney, the, the Curé de Ars. Uh, and I, uh, I was, it was about temptation and about the, uh, how lamentable it is that there are some people who are not tempted because it means that they are truly lost. And I, had, I was thinking about that quite a bit, actually, about the uh, way in which we often don't see the biggest problems that we have because they're so hidden from us. It would be easy to think that because you don't suffer temptation that you're doing quite well, and because you don't see the larger problem of, well, if you're not tempted, that means that the devil sees no reason to expend any effort on you. Uh, and if that's the case, it's probably because he doesn't need to. Uh, and it occurred to me that, you know, this, uh, an awful lot of apparent uh, issues to us that are easy to combat because we can see them. And there are other things that we cannot see as easily, and those are the ones that really destroy us and undermine us. And it's why we have to be so uh, careful about our examination of conscience. And so, as we depart into the weekend, I'm, I'm going to make this particularly short, and I hope that nobody begrudges me about it. But I would encourage you to go ahead, and I'll post it in the Telegram chat, and I'll even include it in the notes when I post this on Exodus Americanus. I would go and listen to what the Curé d'Ars has to say about temptation. I think it, he says it more eloquently than I ever could. And it's, some, it's a message that I needed to hear, and it's a message that I think other people need to hear as well. It's good to be aware of your sins. And the sins that you're aware of, it's good to combat them. But it's more important to be aware of the sins that are not as easily recognizable to us, that are not as readily available to our eyes. And I think that that's a good meditation to go into the weekend with. We're coming to the end of January, which is the end of the Feast of the Holy Name. And we're going to be entering another month with a new meditation, uh, which... I believe is the month of the Divine Passion. I think that's what February is, but you'll have to double-check me on that one. At any rate, we're about to enter another season, and that means another season of meditation. We're also coming close to Lent, and now's a very good time for us to start preparing to reflect on our sins, because Lent is a time for us to be doing penance for our sins. And so, if we don't do the examination and the reflection before Lent then it will be very difficult for us to do anything during Lent to repent. If you don't know your sins, you can't repent for them. So now is the time in Epiphany for us to really be doing very serious examination of ourselves so that we can accurately diagnose our own diseases. And often the most deadly disease is the one that we don't recognize or see immediately, but requires a physician's hand to see that thing that is out of sorts with us that we otherwise wouldn't know about. And so what I'm planning, I, I, I would encourage everybody to obviously go to confession every opportunity you have. And certainly if you are going to receive communion, go to confession first. 
It doesn't matter if you haven't committed any mortal sins that you're aware of. Examine yourself and confess all venial sins that you can. You can be overscrupulous, but in my experience, among the people that I know, uh, and for me personally, I find that an overscrupulous conscience is actually a little bit rarer than an underscrupulous conscience. And so I'd encourage everybody to go out and make a confession frequently. You know, the Russian Orthodox uh, confess every weekend, every single time that they receive communion, they make a confession. Now, I'm, I know there's going to be people in the audience that say, well, what are you taking advice from schismatics for? That discipline is one that they imported from the West. It's one that used to be a common discipline when, uh, when frequent communion was being encouraged. And frequent communion was something that was encouraged by, someone, by a saint no less great than... Uh, St. Pius X. That's part of the reason why he lowered the age of First Holy Communion to the age of reason at seven, because he wanted to encourage frequent reception of communion, frequent devout reception of communion. And so regular confession is a good means to accomplish that. And so while Lent is a good time to confess your sins, Lent is a much better time to do penance for your sins, which means that increasing your the frequency of your sins in this period of epiphany is one that will really help you as you go through Lent. And it's something that I intend to do and something I hope that y'all will do as well. So listen to what the Curé d'Ars has to say about... I know I'm saying that wrong. I think it's Curé d'Ars, Curé d'Ars. My French is not particularly strong. But whatever the case may be, Listen to St. John Marie Vianney and what he has to say about temptation and not being tempted. And I hope that it will be beneficial to you as it was to me so that you can see and catch the little illnesses or the big illnesses that only show you little signs and you won't get so hung up on the little illnesses that show you big signs. You know, a good example is... uh, a lot of people who have cancer don't know that they have cancer until it's gotten quite a ways along. But if you have an ingrown toenail, you'll know that right away. It's obvious. And our sins are the same way. Oftentimes we get so hung up on that hangnail or so hung up on that sore thumb that we don't recognize the cancers that are growing inside of us. But a trained physician would spot them. And so it's important for us to train ourselves to spot our own illnesses with a well-trained and devout conscience, one that's conformed to the Holy Church. And my prayer for all of you is that as we come into Lent, you'll find yourself with a, a conscience that is ready to do the heavy lifting. That you'll be sufficiently stretched so to speak to do a good a good uh, exhausting exercise regimen uh, that by the end of Lent you will have grown much stronger and that all of us in this epiphany tide and coming into uh, Lent which will be February 17 I think is Ash Wednesday this year that it will catch us in not asleep in the death of sin, as we talked about earlier this week, but awake 
and alert with all of the extra oil and our wicks trimmed. And that is my prayer, and, I, and that all of us will be ready to do the necessary penances, that we might be worthy in the sight of God when He arrives, as the parable is meant to represent. And that the Holy Ghost will inspire us to that end. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.